and welcome back to the Ignite Discipleship Podcast, where we are helping you make disciples doing the stuff you already do. My name is Cole, and I'm joined by my friends. Fellas, why don't you introduce yourselves? Hey, Dan Grider here. Good to be with you guys. Yeah, Dylan Martin over here, and uh, good to be back on the podcast. Glad to have you back, Dylan. We missed you. And uh, we're also joined by Asher Coker, our wonderful producer, who will chime in with uh, various quips here and there. He's known for his comedic gold. And fellas, as we kick this thing off, I have one important question for you. Dylan, what's your favorite number? I would say probably nine. Yeah, me too. Dan, how about you? What's your favorite number? <laughs> about 432, I think. 432. Okay, great. Dan, um, off the off the mic, you were saying that today we're going to be talking about numbers, and but there's one number in particular that is important. It's so important that you that you kind of coined a principle around it. Why don't you tell us about that? It's actually, actually, it's 42, but I just like the reason why I said 942 is because it's, I just love doing it nine times over and over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> but but the, it's called the principle of the 42s. And the idea is that every time in the book of Acts, there's a, every time there's a verse 42, there's this interesting set of phrases that that's used. It's like, um, it says in, 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 nine, in uh, 242, they devoted themselves to, to listen to the apostles. In 542, it says, day after day, they never stopped speaking and sharing about Jesus. In 942, they, uh, that's the reason I said 942, uh, is they spoke of what God had done all over the area. And so many people just trusted in, and stepped into following Jesus. In 1042, the Father compels us to speak about these things. Uh, and so in 1342, they were, as they were leaving, they invited them to speak further about the things that God was up to. And I just thought, you know, no one ever asked most church people to ever come back and talk about what they're talking about. In fact, most people want to run from church people. I mean, at least in the culture. And so over and over again, you know, they got this interesting response about Jesus. And, you know, it's just amazing how they did that. And it just, it's compelling to me. Anyway, just this, the principle of the 42s is they really just, they, they live differently so that they had different kind of conversations. So that's kind of the context that we're going to talk about today is, you know, how can we begin to really engage in different kinds of conversations that are going to be where people are actually open to what we say and interested in what we say versus, you know, com, you know, put off or offended by us, which I think is what we get, the responses we get a lot of times as Christians, which makes talking about Jesus and evangelism so hard. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough stuff. Yeah it's, yeah, it's hard on both sides of the conversation, too. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard for people that are, you know, going out in the classic uh, American church Christian evangelistic model. That's a lot of descriptors there. But you know, as a kid, we, we did this thing that I was terrified by. And I think I only did it one or two times, but going door to door, it was like Tuesday night visitation kind of thing that a a church that I was going to, we did. Yeah. It was hard. Like conversations where I learned to hate it. (laughs) I'll say that. Just learned to hate it. I'm sure that wasn't a difficult lesson. The idea of knocking on a stranger's door and then talking to them about like faith in Jesus, that, that is a horrifying thought to me. Like that doesn't it's, sound it's fun. very it's very similar to like we used to have people come by our house and like try to sell textbooks. And uh, <laughs> I mean, and that that was a difficult conversation, too. You could tell they didn't want to have that conversation. So it's 
Yeah, there's a lot of types of uh, combos that are just difficult, but this is not what the 42s are about, Dan. Not at all. I mean, we've all had those poor, you know, door-to-door people trying to sell their watch, uh, give away their watchtower uh, brochures or trying to start these awkward conversations. And the crazy thing is Christians have imitated their same awkward behaviors and and nobody wants to talk to those folks. But the New Testament church, I mean, the, those the early followers of Jesus People loved them. In fact, half of the known world came to follow Jesus because they had this conversation that was so compelling. Um, and I think that it, it's not the content. We, we made it about the content and the theology. So when you talk to most people in most churches, they tell their pastor, listen, I could do evangelism. I could do this stuff if you would just teach me more doctrine and theology because they think they've got to answer and have these quick quips for people when they don't know what to say. And so if you'll just help me have a theologically sound answer, then I'll go out and do it. And that whole conversation is skewed. It's not, it's completely out in the weeds from the beginning of their assumption that they need to have more information and to be able to argue with people. People don't want you to argue with them. I mean, that's, you know, so you may win the argument and people go, yeah, you won the argument, but I hate you because you're a jerk. You know, <laughs> you know I, um, my friends and I traveled down to Panama city beach, my senior year of college and we're sitting on the beach and I saw this gaggle of teenagers walking towards us and uh, they struck up a conversation, which, you know, it's the beach. It happens. People just chat. It's fine. Um, But then at one point he asked me a question and it's like my spidey sense went off and I started, I, I figured out where this was going. He was like, Hey, do you like action movies? And I was like, yeah, I like action movies. Like what, what's your favorite? I was like, well, I, I mean, I don't know. And we started having this conversation and he'd somehow turned it into like, well, did you know that Jesus is the real hero of the story of creation? And I was like, yes, strange person. I did know that. <laughs> and so we struck up a conversation because I felt bad for these kids. Cause I know they just left the conference room where some guy got on a stage and said, you're all going to go and save half of Panama city. And my friends who do not follow Jesus we're so done with these people by the second or third time that they just drew a big circle around themselves and said, don't come near us. We are not talking to you. They'd walk by with like Uno cards. Like, did you know that Jesus is number Uno in the universe? And they're like, please leave. The power of Christ compels you to walk further down the beach and leave us alone. And I mean, this is all fun and games, but my friends, my friends and I were talking about that just a few nights ago, that was one of their most formative experiences with someone who is trying to, you know, help them discover Jesus was this kid talking about Uno cards. And it was weird for them. That was a weird, weird conversation that I don't know, moved the ball down the field for them. Yeah. yeah it's funny you say that because it literally, as I was writing this chapter in my book, uh, there was a guy, I was at the beach. I was down in the Florida beach and a guy comes up to me and has a spirit, a weird spiritual conversation. And, I, and I, I wrote the whole segment about weird Jesus conversations because he was he was the, you know, the bullseye of the weird Jesus conversation. He, he struck up this odd conversation that says, do you like racing? Because it was the, the Daytona 500 was going on that week. And, and it's like it's like, no, I really don't like racing. And, and then he had this awkward set of things he went off on. And it's like and I said, listen. Bro, listen, I'm I'm a Christ follower. I don't know if you're looking for any tips, but why don't you just, you know, just talk to people normally? And he said, and he, he just immediately just said something judgmental, 
like oh, people are going to hell. I got to keep going. And it's like just even that transition statement right there is case in point for how awkward this conversation has been for the last four minutes. And, and, and I just, I, he wasn't looking for help. I mean, he was not looking for feedback. And this guy was, you know, he wasn't a young guy. He's, you know, 35 or 40 years old, trying really hard. I said, listen, thanks so much for trying hard. I mean, I really appreciate your efforts here. You know, if I didn't know Jesus, I, you know, I wouldn't be interested, but I appreciate that you're trying so hard, swinging a miss, but you know, thanks for playing. You know? Thanks for swinging. So here's the, here's the question, because I think each of us and everyone listening to this podcast more than likely has had this weird Jesus conversation, this awkward conversation that doesn't seem to ever happen with people you actually know and like, it's always some stranger. So what is the, where did the, what's the disconnect that we got the principle of the 42s. We've got the apostles where people actually seem interested in listening to the message of Jesus. Fast forward today where I'm getting flashed Uno cards on the beach and I'm like, as a Christ follower, I'm not interested in this conversation. So what's the disconnect and how do we as Christ followers today who have the same Holy spirit, have the same story to tell. How do we get back to that place that existed in the principle of the 42s? I know it's you know, a big I, question. I think, yeah, no, <laughs> I'm going to butcher it. But I do think that that part of the answer to the question about the disconnect really comes with what, what people have been taught is the win in the first place. And so, you know, we get, we get to a place uh, in, you know, in, whatever, our, our culture in general, our church culture, whatever it is, it's, it's like where, where as a kid, I was sent out to, to knock on strangers' doors and deliver information, right? And um, the information's good. You know, it's like, hey, Jesus is the uno in the universe or whatever, like, amen to that. But, but they don't teach you how to connect. They don't teach you how to um, build a relationship. And unfortunately for that model, um, Jesus he built a system that relies on connection and, and relationship. So it's like we, um, we, we took good information and we poured it through like the most terrible filter and we filtered out the actual like goodness in it. And, and it became like a diet mayonnaise or something. I mean, it just became terrible, like miracle whip. How so, could you, how could you say those words on this podcast? I just want you to know, I've been wanting to bring up Miracle Whip the entire life of this podcast. And I finally did, but <laughs> well, but this is how people have been taught that they should have spiritual conversations. And it, and it makes you build tiny little moats around your circle of friends on the beach to trip up the poor Jesus teenagers that have come with all of their, and you know, here's one more observation. I've been sitting on this one a few minutes, going back to your story about the beach call. If you're having to teach Christians how to be relatable, you, you've, you, yeah, you got a problem. You've already started on the wrong foot. Yeah. That's, I, I love that though. I think that's a fundamental miss right there that you're exposing. And it goes back to Cole's great question is that, churches and so many of our leaders, we start with, okay, get out there and do this hard thing that you've got to do, even though you don't like it and you're not going to have any success with it, but Jesus wants you to because the world's going to hell. The motivation, I get why the motivation's there. The problem is the premise is completely wrong because you start with, okay, you go out there and charge this hill 
you know, with, with no ammo, no protection, you know, it's, it's D day and you're running into, you know, German gunfire with nothing. And so the idea is it's a flawed perspective that the new Testament church never did in the principle of the 42. So I I love it though, because as Christian leaders, if we'll rewind and back and start with the beginning where if if those, those students, those young adults that you're talking about, um, college students, if, if they would have begun with, okay, you have a story in Jesus. Let's talk about your story. Let's help you develop your story. And, and if you will actually begin to grow in Christ and have this amazing transformative experience, and, and you can be natural as you talk about it, it'll, it'll actually get people's attention. That's what the New Testament church did. They began with this transformation experience, and it just bubbled out from there. That's the principle of the 42s that they couldn't help but talk about. It says after they were compelled, they had to talk about it. They had to share. And those those, uh, college students on the beach were not at all compelled in the right motivation. They were compelled. They were compelled, but what was it was compelling them? Usually some misguided Christian leaders that were had good intentions, right? I mean, they were not evil intentions, but the culture just doesn't want to hear that stuff. Yeah. I think of another story on the beach too. I, Cole, you've got my, like, I want to go to the beach now. I'm ready to, can we do like the next episode maybe from the beach? Yeah. I got those wheels turning. Sorry about that, man. <laughs> well, it, it reminds me of a story of a time when me and a few of my friends, <laughs> we were down at Myrtle beach, which is, um, which is really just South Carolina's redneck beach. Um, and, uh, my, my friends and I were on the beach and, uh, they wanted to dig a hole. So we dug a hole and I'm telling you, it was like a three or four foot deep hole. And it was probably three by, it was a big hole. Okay. And the beach patrol came by and was like, you're going to have to fill in this hole. And, uh, anyway, the hole started gaining some attention and it caught the attention of some other college students nearby. And they were like, Hey dude, I don't know if they really talk like West coast surfers, but they, they were like, Hey, how much for the hole? And, uh, you know, I saw opportunity. I was like, okay, we could make, we could make a buck. Like, so we negotiated a price for the hole and the hole became their hole. And now it wasn't our hole. So I was like, all right, everybody out. We sold the hole, but no, but my point in telling this story is we, we sort of became friends with these guys because they liked how clever we were, uh, to dig a hole and then sell it to them. And we, we just liked they're, they saw opportunity and they, they made something they wanted out of the hole. But, but here's where I'm going is that approach, like it led to a connection with those guys that we had for the rest of the day out on the beach. And we learned where they were from. We, we had, you know, conversations with them. Um, likewise, um, we had conversations with other people and the approach was different. It, It had more to do with like the principle of the 42s. We, we were all Christians, you know, we all had a story to share and, and, you know, conversations to have, but we, we weren't going around trying to relate to people. We were just actually relating to people. And it goes back to the, the very, you know, theme statement for our podcast is, you know, doing discipleship, doing the stuff you're already doing anyway, the stuff that just naturally flows out of your life. You guys were just, you had shovels and sand and the afternoon and, and you, and you turned it into a, an, an opportunity to share Jesus in a natural kind of way. So at the end of the day, the people didn't draw, those guys did not draw a whole a, a circle around you going, stay out of our circle. You, they actually said, we want to buy your circle. You're right. I mean, the circle <laughs> goes down subterranean, right? I mean, it's like, it's kind of a weird circle, 
but they actually bought your circle. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it just, it leads to, you know, it leads to actual, actually knowing those people and, um, and hearing where they're from and their experiences. And, and, and of course I would love to be able to say, okay, inside that hole in the middle of beer pong, we all led them to Jesus and we, we, um, whatever. But the, the point is they were drawn to our circle and they were, they were repelled from Cole's circle. And, um, if, if the, the win that day was me and my friends, um, we, we had the component of discipleship and, and even evangelism, if you want to use that word, because we were, we, we wanted to share our faith too, but we had that missing component that, you know, the traditional version of discipleship or evangelism lacks. And that is building that bridge to another person, relating to them naturally. And in the midst of a, of a normal conversation, um, getting to share the most valuable information. And that is, you know, the, the gospel of Jesus through our story in a natural way. That, that is so much better. And you see that in this principle that we're talking about. They weren't going around trying to manufacture momentum and, and gain an audience. They were compelled to share their story and they were compelled to share Jesus, which was their story, with with the people that they were doing life with. Yeah. And, and it's really changing the win, isn't it, Dylan? I mean, because the win for the group that was irritating everybody on the beach that, that Cole was talking about was that they would hopefully get a person to say the sinner's prayer or do something like that. So their win was such a high and lofty win, which is a great goal, but probably none of them achieved that win that day. And if they did achieve it, you didn't really it wasn't followed up on, uh, but the, the win instead is you're looking for discipleable people and you're looking for people who you can have an engage a conversation with in a natural, normal kind of way. And then you just kind of let it unfold and develop. And so by changing the win, it takes the pressure off of you. You can just be yourself. If you find some discipleable people, because all of you guys on the call here, you guys have all found some discipleable people, but maybe not that day. I mean, it's, it's, it's not necessarily, you know, it's almost a sales quota approach that, that Christians have been given, like go out there and sell Christian timeshares, you know, and, and try to, you know, try to have heavenly timeshares, you know, just, and, and just make, make them buy today. It's like, I don't know, if, if you're digging a hole at the beach, maybe you don't want to, maybe it's a different conversation, but like you said, it can just kind of unfold as you're doing what you're doing and you can just have normal conversations. It's much more received. It's a, that's a greatest illustration. And, you know, some things that we've been hitting on that are, that are kind of sticking out to me, Dan, you said something earlier that I really loved is that it, what compels you, and maybe that's not exactly how you said it, but, um, you know, I, I know at, at times in my own faith, I was compelled by this, this sense of, uh, urgency and guilt and, and things that are, weren't necessarily, I think of the father where I had these friends who I knew were going to go to hell. And so they had to buy the Christian textbook as fast as possible and buy the Christian timeshares so that I could feel secure that they were going to be in heaven with me. And I, it was such a, a, you know, a reductive look at it. And what was compelling me was fear and guilt and shame that I wasn't doing enough or that I was doing too much. And then as I grew and I started to fall more and more in love with Jesus and what he'd done in my life, I just wanted them to experience the same stuff that I got to experience. And then when that was the motivation, when that was what was compelling me, suddenly everything became way more natural. And I stopped, you know, using my story as a weapon and just started telling it naturally when it made sense and it felt right. 
And that's the key. And that's, I think, in the principle of the 42s, the reason why the disciples and those early followers of Jesus, they they just naturally let it flow from their experience. You know, I, I was just even reading in my time in the scripture today, uh, it, it's this passage that comes from the letter of the guy who was who was you know, knocked off his horse by his invitation, his meeting with Jesus. And he says, listen, if you'll just live your life, uh, and, and he uses this word, uh, he says, you know, just live your life uh, focused on the invitation that Jesus gave you. I think that's the invitation that Paul gives us. He says, listen, if you live your life focused on the invitation that Jesus gave you, and, and the, it's translated worthy of your calling, Galatians, Ephesians 4, 1. But what he's saying is, and when you look at the Greek word, I don't want to go Greek on you guys, but just live your life focused on the invitation that Jesus gave you. If you do that, it's going to naturally flow from it. It's going to be natural. It's going to be invitational. It's the principle of the 42s. Uh, and so it's just, it was just compelling to me this morning to think, gosh, if I, just, if I can just keep focused and just remember what Jesus has done for me and how transformed my life has been and just let it flow, it'll just, it'll just kind of squirt out of my life. It'll just become the aroma of my life. It'll become the scent of my life, you know, the ethos. I don't know. I need to shut up and using Greek illustrations, but. <laughs> well, Dylan said diet mayonnaise earlier. So I think new words are okay in this <laughs> podcast. You can just throw those out. I guess willy nilly. There's no rules. You can say whatever you want now. Cole, this is our podcast. Okay. And the audience has to listen. And uh, so we get to torture them with new words, but Dana, I love what you're saying because, um, you know, I, I probably wouldn't have words for this when I was younger, but the version of, of this whole, um, evangelism thing that we've talked about that, that I hated, I hated it. And, um, it meant that I was sorry that I was a Christian around my cool friends, but you know, we, everybody on, on the episode today has had some part in, in creating a new church culture in our, in the churches that we lead. Um, and trying to teach people th this principle of the 42s and this way about their life where it, they don't have to necessarily start with explaining Jesus. They just live it out and, and they have the opportunity to explain Jesus. Um, you know, and, and we've, we've tried to do that. You know, I will say this with, with my life, I've finally gotten to a place where I really look forward to the opportunity to share Jesus. and. Um, you know, I'm willing to let it be the long game. You know, I know that you got to have a sense of urgency, you know, because, you know, um, you know, people, people don't have forever, you know, and, um, but the sense of urgency needs to take a back seat to the quality of the relationship and the interest that we take in others. When I talk to my kids, um, I am really not interested in hearing from them. Um, well, let me, let me say this. When I talk to my kids and I want them to do something <laughs> like clean your room, go to bed, you know, put on your clothes, whatever it is. I am not interested in hearing why they don't have their clothes on, what the challenges are with putting their, you know, what their experience is. Just you're six years old, put your, your clothes on. And that's how we've done um, evangelism. That's how we've shared our faith. And the, the really, the, the stories that I'll tell about the connection with my kids are the times when I sat and listened to them and I built a bridge to them and, and there was meaningful conversation. And I bet you that's the stories they'll tell as well. And I just think that sets us up so perfectly to make disciples that that's a way of making disciples 
not only doing the stuff we already do, like we talk about, but that's fun and also rewarding. And uh, that's what I've learned over over the last uh, number of years um, trying to do this. Well, when you talk about the long game, uh, the long game isn't necessarily that we don't ever take action, other than just waiting forever and this ne- ne- never take a, an action step. But it's that you're looking for disciple people as you just have the natural conversation as you do what you normally do anyway. And sometimes disciple people just pop up and that's not the long game. You're able to take action and start moving to disciple them immediately because the Holy Spirit's brought them there. But our capacity to bring a person from negative 10 to positive 10 in a conversation is, is, is not realistic. And so we, that's where we have to shift our expectations. We're looking for people the Holy Spirit's already at work in. So the whole thing is, it's more about searching for the person the Holy Spirit has already been working in than us trying to be the ones trying to accomplish the negative 10 to positive 10, because we're not going to do that. We, we're not the Holy Spirit. We don't have that ability. And so it just takes the pressure off of us, actually. And I think that's, for me, that's been the most freeing idea and concept. So, fellas, I'd like to land the plane on this wonderful, wonderful conversation. As we wrap up, what a, give us some final thoughts. Give us some, some closing ideas for our listeners at home. Well, you know, I, I'd say, Cole, that um, for every listener out there who's stuck with us all the way to the end, thank you. And, uh, but I would say, you know, this, this should be an exciting thought if you've never thought it before. Um, and it should be something that you look forward to doing meaning to have spiritual conversations, um, in a, in a relatable way. And here's the other thing. Um, you know, we, we, uh, each of us have been a part of leading this culture in a church, but you don't have to, I mean, that's not for everybody. That's just for people who are leading a church, you know, and if you're not leading a church and you're, you're listening to this and you think, how do I do this? What am I, what am I supposed to do? I would say this, you know, just build up the quality of the relationships with those around you and listen to the Holy spirit. And he's going to tell you, um, when to press into those conversations and you're going to see openness, um, where maybe because you weren't looking before you didn't see it and you were with that weird Christian once, but now, you know, you're listening to the Holy spirit. You're not going to be that weird Christian. You're going to be that valuable Christian. All of us can do that and, uh, and be effective in this whole idea of sharing the gospel with people in a really cool way. We've just been kind of riffing on this idea that you know the, the New Testament church had a rhythm and a style that we don't have. So, so maybe even just spending some time in the scriptures, just in the New Testament, just kind of seeing how they did what they did and, and just beginning to act more normal. Actually, it's kind of, we have to kind of think, it's crazy that we have to think about this, but we have to actually kind of work at being normal again. Uh, and just, I think, we, we, we have normal moments and then we have church moments and those two never merge together. And I think that's where we've got to start merging those two together again, because we're pretty good at normal, but until we get in the, in the church world or in the Christian world, and then we step into this abnormal, you know, experience that's in, in anyway. so that's, we, again, we just kind of been riffing on this idea of just how did the New Testament church do it? How can we learn this style for ourselves? That's great. And Asher, I'd love to hear from you next time. Unfortunately, we are out of time for now. Um, as we wrap up, just want to let you know about a couple of things. One, if you have enjoyed this conversation, you'd like to hear more, just hit subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to rate and review. It helps us 
uh, look like a legitimate podcast with actual people who are, who are talking about real stuff. And you can do that wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, the Google Store, Podcast Prison, wherever the wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening right now, just hit subscribe. And the best way to help the show grow is to tell a friend. So if this has been helpful for you and you know some other people that this would be helpful for, we'd love it if you'd share this with them. And we appreciate all of you listeners. We literally could not and would not do this without you. And uh, Dan has a couple of books. Dan, you got a new one out, um, Going All In. You can find out more information about that at ignitediscipleship.com, along with a whole lot more information about the stuff we've been talking about and how to have spiritual conversations in a way that, uh, you know, don't feel weird and don't feel super forced. So, um, fellas, I think that's going to do it for us. And thank you from all of us here at the Ignite Discipleship Podcast. Until next time, we'll see you later.